What's so funny? I just don't. I don't really know what you want. Well, so <laughs> I know what we're doing here. Well, I wanted to talk about. It's John. It's John. Gluten is not your problem. Conversations with culinary chameleon, modern day Renaissance man, and my friend Walter Schmidt. Join us for insights, musings, and rants on food culture, life, the universe, and more. Please enjoy. John and friends. You chasing away people? Yes, that's... So I want to talk to our listeners. Hello, everybody out there. Welcome to Gluten is Not Your Problem. Welcome back. Welcome back. Another week. Um, Walter seems to think that I'm inundating people with... So the problem is like, okay, like our friend Kenny, right? Mm-hmm. I was Facebook friends with him, and then he started using his Facebook to like promote some thing that he was doing, mm-hmm. and he was doing it like three or four times a day, where it's just like, my notifications are blowing up, and I click on it, and it's like, oh, Kenny is doing this, or Kenny is doing that, Kenny's album is about to drop, or Kenny's painting this wall purple, or whatever the hell it was that Kenny was doing that week, or that day, or that minute. And it was like it was kind of like a Twitter feed where it's like oh, I'm eating an apple pie. It's like nobody really cares, but if I'm following your Twitter, that's my fault. So I had to unfriend him on Facebook so I'd stop getting this promotion. obnoxious promotion of his crap. And you're doing that to Instagram. It was like people who are like, oh, I'll follow the thing on Instagram, but then it's like three or four times a day. You're like, hey, check it out, check it out, check it out. It's like we yeah, we're checking it out. Like I saw the one thing. You're not getting any. It's like you're not improving the situation by saying it five times in one day. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it was five times in one day. No fewer than three. <laughs> I was just making these you videos. Want me to, and you want to count? Having, it actually no. tell, tell, says like the, the, the date and time that you've posted these things. Yeah. It's obnoxious. Well. Am I on gluten or am I on me? <laughs> where are you right now? I don't know what I'm doing. Where's so. Your, what's your Wi-Fi? I'd be curious. Uh, 175. Um, to anybody listening out there who follows us on Instagram, let me know what you think. Give us feedback. I'm always curious. You know, Walter and I have, uh, we often have Yeah, we want to hear about opinions. this. Like, if, you, if you're out there and you're seeing these obnoxious things that John's doing on the internet and you don't think they're obnoxious, <laughs> let me know. I'll shut up. If you enjoy, how many of these? I don't know, nine or ten? A day. How many of these a day? I think Do, there, must was, we there was one day where must I, was, we endure? I got up early and I had a couple of, I was inspired. You were inspired to torment. <laughs> I was inspired to torment. Um, I don't know how many there are, nine or ten. But uh, uh, at gluten is not your problem is the Instagram it's just handle. Tons of these, and they and don't actually say anything. Like this one's the same picture of me. It's just uh. no, it does say the stuff. It's got but, some of them. It's not the same picture. It's a video of you talking. Yeah, nobody wants being to that entertaining. Either. But you were, you were being hilarious. Was I? I don't, I don't think that's the feedback we got either, but that's that's fine. So, feedback, please. My feedback would be please. one a day max. Put max. out one thing, maybe let it rest for a day. You know, let put it out simmer. A, yeah, let, you know, give them, leave them wanting more. Don't bore them or bother them with too much. You know, butter's great, but you don't want like a whole stick in your mouth. <laughs> Right, you've heard it. <laughs> there, there it is. There, that is that is, is that... Walter's Walter's uh, uh, advice for life. Right? <laughs> yeah, one of those a day is probably like... more than we need. Also, <laughs> butter's good, but you don't want a whole stick in your mouth. <laughs> um, is that too on the nose? So, and speaking of, of feedback and advice, and one of the other things is we're gonna be we're gonna start doing another an additional segment at the end of uh, at the of this 
if not this one, but going forward. How many uh, segments are we doing now? We're going to have a lot of segments. This is, you speak it's like, like a there's centipede. a lot of organization, organization happening in here. It, there's a lot behind the behind, yeah. uh, behind yeah, closed doors. Notes over there, I, I do have lots of notes. Um, but our good friend Nabil is going to be doing a... Um, That's right, yeah. That sounds like a fun it? little project. I like it's, it. We're, he's been in the service industry for a very long time, and so I'm going to do some interviews with him about the do's and don'ts of working in the service industry and 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 being able to last because it can be a it can chew you up and spit you out very easily there's a lot of pitfalls i'll make you wish it had <laughs> can i just be spit out yet <laughs> like stop right. chewing on me either swallow me or spit me out so we're gonna do so if anybody out there has any thoughts ideas or things that they wish they would have known before they were waiting tables for their you know, tenth year. We're talking about making like a a, a ten, like a like ten suggestions or ten commandments, the ten commandments or ten of, of surviving the bar industry or ten the ten rules industry. for dating this restaurant for uh, for working in the service industry. I don't know. Yeah, something, but stuff we're working on. We just thought we'd share with you, and also please. So tune in next week. Yes, exactly. Um, is now, he gonna, is he going to guess? Is he going to sit in here and talk to us, or is this going to be on paper? No, I think either either he'll sit a here and talk with us. A lot of people asking to be guests. They want to come on. Like they, I give them the little card that you made, mm-hmm. and I talked about the little podcast. I talk about this, what we're doing here, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, I want to come on. I want to talk about stuff. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about that." And they're all very excited about it. And they have like a. List. I haven't heard from any of them. No. Well, I'll it's tell them. Email. I'll tell them. Email in. I need. There it. was one woman who was sitting at my bar, and we were talking. Her daughter was like alert, like deeply, darkly allergic to gluten. Like not like celiacs, but like like she was almost hospitalized a couple of times because people, and that's part of the problem. Where gluten is not your problem, you're making it other people's problems because you're making chefs become careless because now it's like this whole thing or it's a like fat, it's a fat. and it's like there's like ugh, they're they're probably fine. I'll just I'll fry this in the same fryer with that. It's like well that almost hospitalizes woman's daughter. You know what I mean? Like because they're not taking it seriously because of all these horrible people that are like oh you know what i'm yeah i'm 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 gluten intolerant so jump through the hoops for me too Mm -hmm. when there are actual people in danger i think that's well i think i'm open if somebody has something they want to share with us the email address is there i'll tell them again yeah email it in We'll yeah. get you. We'll get you signed up. We'll we'll call you. <laughs> Can we do this kind of thing? Can we have call in kind of people? Like a call in. I know you're you're. Everything about the, the microphone situation. Well, I, I just don't. I don't have enough. That quality of the quality audio. of sound. Right. Is, it just it diminishes without. I don't have all the setup, but we so can we just had them on speakerphone on the on the phone. Potentially, yeah. We can we can work it out. So I mean, I I'm not. The I'm listeners not opposed. can. Are, it's okay if they know that they're calling in. Right? Yes. It's like, and that kind of fuzzy quality, it's like listening to a record. People yeah. kind of like that. Like, yeah. Hello? Yeah, no, I, I just want to give you guys my, my opinion here. <laughs> so, please, glutenisnotyourproblem at gmail.com. Send us your insights, uh, queries, any of that kind of stuff. So, um, what is this? That's a weird one. You said you wanted yes. stuff about my, it was my grandfather's. Yes. That's just, and I put a card in there just to show you, like, it looks almost like, like Arabic or something. It's very strange. It it's looks like shorthand. alien writing. Walter just gave me a book that says Cote Method Secretarial Shorthand. Co- like Cote de Rhone. Cote de Rhone. Cote. Cote. Third grade. Okay, so these wall, wool, whale. It's a oh. way of writing shorthand so like you can scribble these things out super fast while like taking like 
a rudimentary form of dictation. Like if you're a reporter and you're trying to like write these things down. You don't have to write the whole word. Right. In some, in size, in selling. But it feels like it's just learning another language. Like if it you is. look at that, it's like a whole other language in there. Machine, machinery, machinist. That's crazy. And when is this book? If you guys could see this, you can smell this book right now. I mean, it's just that, <laughs> that dusty, that, that yeah. Book smell. It's it's brown. It's a, looks like a small little diary, and it's got a little the CM. Is that who is that? Is that just I don't know. I don't know. It's the probably the, the but it's company. got this. It looks like it. It's it's I don't know. What's from the date on that? Nineteen ten is the first copyright. So this book is over a hundred years old. Oh, 1908, it's, yes, it's still over 100 years old. That's wow. amazing. So, very cool. Um, I would, don't, would you ever learn this? Would you ever need this anymore? Oh, well, I mean, I've had is... it for over 40 years, so I'd, <laughs> probably not. It's, not. it's not on my list of shit to do, no. Um, one yeah, thing, cool you know, we talked about sandwiches, and we talked about, we talked about salads. I hope so. And um, I wanted to ask you, because something I saw on your Facebook page was um, talking about some bartenders making a caprese cocktail. Yeah, I was and pretty you, annoyed by that. Can you explain why you were annoyed by the caprese cocktail? Well, so when I clicked on their little link, because I Googled it, and I was, cause I was kind of thinking my thing would come up. You know what I mean? Like if they, because the Fairmont was supposed to be putting well, this out that, there. You, explain that you, you okay. created this. I guess I should Go start back. at the beginning. So, yes. so there was this cocktail competition here in Sonoma yes. called the, uh, Bar, the Martini Madness. And... I won most creative cocktail last year with this caprese tini that I came up with. Um, and which was which had it basically. So I did a fat wash. Uh, didn't I already go through this once? No, I guess not. I don't know. So the uh, I'm gonna start every story with that. <laughs> um, a fat wash is a way of uh, infusing uh, fatty flavors into alcohol without acquiring that um, that kind of greasy texture in the mouth. Mm-hmm. You just want things to taste like butter, but you don't want the butter in your mouth. Sure. You know, you want to taste the cheese. So I did a cheese-infused vodka. So how do you infuse cheese You into render vodka? the cheese down. You have to you get it hot and melty. And I like to get it kind of toasted. I like the flavor of toasted cheese, like brown sure. a little bit. So I like brown all this cheese, get it all nice and bubbly and hot. And then I hit it with the vodka. Well, I take it off the heat, of course. I don't want to cook any of the alcohol out of the vodka. And I don't want to, like... I don't want it to combust and explode. <laughs> so you, you combine the two things, and you get it into the freezer immediately. And then uh, you let it sit until it freezes, and basically you just need 24 hours because once once the solid components, once the the cheese has returned to a solid state, it's done infusing. Like you're done, like the flavors that it's gonna get are that's it. You're all it's all you're gonna get out of them. So then you just put it through a fine mesh chinois and a cheesecloth and get all that while it's still frozen. You get all that particulate out of there, and you're taking all that because all the grease and fatty flavor is gonna be solid that point so then you right. take out of the solids and you're left with cheese flavored vodka how was it if you like cheese it was delicious it was really good. okay it turned out really well so you took cheese flavored vodka and then i did a little um because a caprese salad is, is fresh mozzarella a uh, slice of fresh tomato a little fresh basil sliced up sometimes it's chiffonade or whatever you just have basil component a little salt and pepper and some balsamic vinegar kind of maybe a balsamic reduction mm-hmm. drizzle over the top uh absolutely delightful little first course in Italian most Italian restaurants will have some variation of it and um, so then we did a tomato confiture which basically so 
cocktails, I don't know if you know, they have, they usually have like barbecue sauce. We were talking about a few weeks ago, <laughs> a sweet component. You know, then you have your you have your base spirit, then there's sweetness, and then your your tart component kind of brings the you know your the sour often citrus, usually some some kind of citrus, uh, and then yeah, your sugar kind of bring up the pH, you know, to balance it all out, and then you can do like a garnish or a, a, a fourth component like a dash of bitters or. Um, like a spritz or an atomize of scotch or whatever, whatever, the, whatever you Absinthe feel. Absinthe sometimes Absinthe, or whatever. Absinthe, yeah, it's a rinse sometimes they use or, yeah, you know, it could be anything. So the sweet component was the, I did a, I cooked these uh, concasse tomatoes. So I had to peel the skins off the tomatoes and get the seeds out of there and just the flesh and then uh, heat them up and basically make a simple syrup, macerate it, and then put it through a fine mesh chinois so you get this consummate, beautiful sort of tomato simple syrup, basically. I mm-hmm. call it a confiture. Um, a, a confiture is just a way it's a it just means that you've cooked something or rendered it in its own fat like mm-hmm. duck confit is just duck cooked in duck fat if that makes sense so tomatoes cooked te- in technically tomato. in their own tomato fat yeah I mean right. like all of, like um, vegetable oil you know like everything has oil in it you know mm-hmm. like oranges do I have oil in me? Definitely. I can see it from here. Yeah. <laughs> you greasy little net. No, I'm, I'm trying kidding. to keep the sunburn from fucking peeling everything. I'm just yeah, it's true. And then I did, for the basil component, I did a little lalay tea. So I, I chiffonaded all this, like chopped up really fine, all basil this basil, lalay. and I infused it in the lalay. And I did I did bring the lalay up. I put it in a double boiler, just kind of warmed it a little bit. I didn't want to, again, cook out the alcohol or, right. or, or, or injure the lalay in, in any way. And then just got it in the fridge, you know, right away, and then strained it out so it kind of didn't turn. I didn't want it to turn brown, so you can't leave, you know, like any tea bag. You don't want to leave it in too long; it becomes bitter. So sounds really smart. That sounds really good. It was it turned out, and then and then I took once the all three components were basically in there or ready to go. I started playing with the um, quantities of each thing, you know, like the half ounce of this or two ounces of that, and trying to figure out what ratios I was going to use. And then once I figured out what the ratios were, then I extrapolated the batch. I batched it all out so I didn't have to make each one because mm-hmm. that's a nightmare. Um, and then, yeah, I made this, batched it all out, and it's all done and ready to go. I threw a little balsamic vinegar in there. And did you win? I won most creative. I didn't win the best cocktail. I think, I don't even know what they did. Salt and Stone won, won the best drink. But I'll take most creative. You are very creative. I'll be the most creative bartender <laughs> in Sonoma. That's fine. You you are world's you are, tallest midget. Sure. You are technically the the most creative bartender in Sonoma right now, <laughs> according to this one competition. According yes. to well, there this there's what other competition is there? What was that 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 horrible one where everyone gets drunk over by the cop That's station? That's the battle of the bartenders. <laughs> yes, where everybody gets drunk by the cop station. That's exactly right. Um, call yourself a cab. Call your Uber. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, but you are. As far as Martini Madness is concerned, this Walter, year. this year, well, the year's not up. This, when do they do it? Next January? I don't remember. Are you going back? I don't. I still haven't gotten my trophy from Gary Saperstein, so I don't know. They want, okay, so then so then the, they featured some Napa magazine wanted to feature my cocktail. Mm-hmm. And if they, they said, okay, we're going to do this article, we took pictures, took pictures of the drink and me and everything, they're going to put it in this magazine. In order for them to do that, they wanted the drink on the menu. So I made this whole batch thing for the cocktail competition. It's gone. But now right. they want me to do it again. So I had to do it all again. And then so now it's it's on it's on the menu at the Fairmont I right now. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's happening right now. I wow. pre- I pre-batched four bottles. We've already sold a bottle of it. People love it. 
it's like 18 bucks for this drink because it, wow. it takes me like a week to make it so like how much we're we gonna charge i'm like 18 dollars, and they're like really like that seems like a lot i'm like well then you make it next time like you spend your nights here making you know because you have to wait for the kitchen to be done like i can't start working on it until everyone's gone home because they're making cheese they're making food and yeah for the entire <clears throat> exactly resort the entire hotel <laughs> so once everyone goes home then i can start making my fat washes and doing all the crazy stuff that i'm doing that's yeah. awesome so yeah it's out there and it's it's really tasty people love it i get an amazing response from it where was this magazine write up i haven't I seen know. this i haven't seen it either but so the but my initial response was I will give you I will put this drink on your menu when I get my trophy, like when I get my little plaque. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, well, we've reached out, Gary. If anybody knows Gary out there and you want to ask him about my trophy or my plaque, that'd be great. But yeah, I gave him the thing anyway. So, so the, drink, the drink is there. So then this thing came up on your fa- on your Facebook feed that right because you... I was like I I thought that I would be the only one who else was going to do something like because I'm so creative obviously no but there's like. All they're doing is garnishing their drink with um, a cheap ball of fresh mozzarella. Like it's not inked, it's not infused. It's not. There's no. If you look at the recipe, there's no real legwork involved. They just kind of, I don't know. Throw a, ba- a stick of basil in it's a like a tomato. It's like a tomato infused. Garnish. It's like tomato infused uh, vodka, which is another way of going, I guess. But then the, the only cheese component, I thought, is just throwing it in at the end. Yeah, which is terrible. I feel like that's phoning it in a little bit. I would agree. So, I mean, I don't think I. I think what was your garnish? Did you have a garnish or did you? My garnish on for the co- for the competition was a little miniature caprese salad, on what, a, stick. a little of each. Yeah, it was like a half of a cherry tomato. A half, we got these tiny little mozzarella, fresh mozzarella balls. So half of one of those, and then wrapped it in like a little. I did like a swath of basil, like wrapped mm-hmm. that around there. So they got like a little, which I didn't win best garnish. I guess I'm glad for that because that was just a crazy salad. It doesn't seem it wasn't really creative. I was just trying to give the components. But it makes sense. It made sense, right? And I'm not doing this for this. So the the garnish that I'm serving the drink with is just a, a basil leaf. And I, I kind of cut it to make a, like a little triangle and slap it and then stick it on top. So you get this aromatic That's blast still... of, of, of yeah. basil in your face, and it's I don't know. It's a very well balanced, delightful drink. And it's just called the Caprese Cocktail? The Caprese Tini. Caprese Tini. Yes. See? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so you took a salad and you made it into a drink. I did. You often have this uh, this thing you like to do. I've worked with it's you in the, many places. Yeah, it's the culinary in me, I guess. I just, so yes, the culinary. So you come from your history as the back of the house originally. And now I'm And then you're in the front of the house and yeah. you make drinks and wanting to take food items and turn them into cocktails. Yeah. Not always successfully, but no, not you, always. But, but you I have feel like that's nailed it with this. Like, yeah. Well, I think the bananas Foster was really good too. Were you that's working true. there that year? I was. I worked there, you were there, but I didn't. I you wasn't didn't come at with the, me. No, but, but, but well, that one I would have won that year. Damn it! If they hadn't shoved me in the closet, that we got the sales team involved. The Fairmont sales team got involved in the competition. They said, "Oh, we're going to get you a private room." I was like, "Why would I want to? I want to be out in the competition with everybody else." And so they got this private room. And then these girls from sales, their idea of decorating for, it was like a speakeasy theme, mm-hmm. was to get big signs that say, keep out, do not open, stay out. Like, and then they posted those all over this door and then shut the door and left me in there. So like, by the time the competition's almost over, people are like, "Is what's in here? Like, what's going on? I'm like, please come in and try my drink. They're like, oh, we already voted. Like, the thing's basically over. I'm like... Well, you want to try the drink anyway? And then, like, once they open the door, everyone's like, oh, come on in here. And, like, the room fills up. And they're like, oh, my gosh, where was this drink? I'm like, I've been here all day. <laughs> like, just by That's myself. That's the one we were going to do the 
fire on the top yeah. and i did that yeah yeah no i yeah. did i did i toasted the i had my yeah. little torches and right yeah we, we toasted the bananas that. foster all um, over the place and then um what about the uh what was the hardly care at all Oh, that was that was a lot of fun. You made the video for that. I'll have to. I'll share that on the Facebook group. That was um. Yeah, you should put that one up there. There's some great pictures. That was a beautiful drink. I thought that was gonna get something. It got nothing. No, I know. no love at all. I feel like having the television up behind me with that video, as cool as that was, it kind of screamed Fairmont's got money because there was a TV. You know? Yeah. It was like they're like obviously like I don't know. It's kind of like the giant. There's like nobody wants. You know, felt it was, like, it was kind of bougie and yeah, like who, yo, know, the Fairmont. Yeah, of course they brought a, a giant flat screen TV and they're playing a video of this thing. But we worked. I mean, the Fairmont didn't do any work for that. They let no. them borrow the TV, but it's like we did all the. They work wheeled for that. it in. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> that was a great one too. Bananas Fosters, Caprese Tini. So mm-hmm. you've got a whole. And you're the, you're beginning to create this whole menu, and then what else? Well, there was the first year where I won Best Olive, and that was the co- that was the Coquille Saint Jacques. The, again, a, a cheese. I did a Gruyere infused uh, gin. That was you influencing me. I wanted to do vodka. But you said vodka's too passe. It has to be gin. Was do like, you think I was, was wrong? It was a bartender thing, and I, I I don't feel like you were entirely wrong. But I feel like the marketability of gin. vodka versus gin yes. is what cost me that one. Well, I'm sorry. As long as you're sorry, John. I guess that makes everything okay, doesn't it? I'm just teasing. What, what would you make don't it owe okay? me an apology. No, I know, that. but. Well, I, I think, didn't have to listen well, to you. I'm I just, just, I'm I, just I, I thought I, I thought you were right, and I still think you're right. I think I think it was a better drink with gin, but not marketable. Right. I think that was the problem. It scared people, and there was like, oh, I don't like gin. It's like, do you know? Like, how about if you try the drink first? You don't know what you like. Um, but I'm just seeing you create this whole menu of mm-hmm. sort of culinary. Should I put them all in a book? Or should I write a like a yeah a menu book? of food things it's made into like drinks like that culinary right there. yes well that's this is the one i want well this is what i wanted to ask you about i can't read this because uh i don't know walter has a very uh unique style i don't know if you've ever it's gone through cursive john no i'm they not just that but you've elementary got school i would if i was writing uh recipe can they lists hear me if i step over here you can look at it if you want yeah but so what can't you read the green french toast it's okay so monte cristo sandwich it's a sandwich of french toast uh, usually some kind of ham mm-hmm. and then Gruyere and then uh, another piece of toast. It's usually a double-decker sandwich with like ham mm-hmm. on one side and turkey or, uh, yeah, turkey on the other side with cheese and, and ham. It's like and this a, is your cocktail layers? Well, there's these are three different options of how to break it down. Right. So I was thinking either um, having the uh, like Gruyere-infused... So one option was having the Gruyere infused into the base spirit, the vodka, and then having a Chambord foam, or, uh, yeah, on top, uh, dusting it with powdered sugar, and then crinolating a piece of prosciutto, uh, mm-hmm. like, like crinkling it up and frying it as the garnish. So that would be like the meat. Did we do that with the carrots? We tried to do that with the we carrots? We tried to do that with the carrots, and they just kind of turned soggy and weird. I carrots couldn't get them crispy. Yeah. I needed the fryer to be hotter. Right. And I think the chef that was helping us was chicken shit. So, um, or another option would be like, was it the Gruyere on the bottom? A ham foam and then uh, powdered sugar rim. Ham foam? Yeah. And, oh, and then, uh, and then it says uh, uh, the garnish on that one would be like a raspberry swirl kind of on the float. Just kind of drizzle that. Because the Monte Cristo is classically dipped in raspberry. People have done bacon foam. You could do yeah. ham foam. I did a oh, I did a bacon foam on the carrot all. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
And then this last one looks like uh, basically a Chambord Alexander with a Gruyere Brulee on top. Crinolate again, crinolate. That seems a little harder to do for 200 people. Dust the whole thing with powdered sugar. So this is maybe maybe something you're working on for this next. Is just, yeah, this is kind of sketch this out and drip a little, you know. So that was kind of cute. Yeah, you know, all kinds of PB and J with a glass of milk. I think you do have a book on your hands here. Yeah. I think we the should. Reuben. I mean, pizza margarita, culinary cocktails, Elvis and, pie. I mean, what is Elvis pie? Oh God. Uh, I, I was thinking. Uh, what does that say? Uh, heavy cream, banana liqueur, lemon juice. Vanilla vodka, simple syrup, frangelico, crispy bacon crumbled on top. Like, like. Do you think you could do something with chicken? <laughs> well, chicken just tastes like everything. What would you like? I mean, you, I the thing know. is, that's why I do like barbecues. So, like things with sauces. Barbecue, baby back ribs. This is a little drink I got here. So sauces. So anything in pastry that's where the and flavor, sauces yeah, where I mean, the like, flavor comes sh- from. Yeah, I mean chicken. Does chicken really should? I, I mean, the only way to find out, I guess, would be roast roast a whole chicken. Drop it in a bottle of vodka for like a week, you know, in the put refrigerator. It in the put it. I would put it in the fridge first, and then. Well, I guess yeah. If you if you want, you rent the chicken fat. That's not a bad idea. So yeah, pull it fresh, hot out of the thing, and then drop it in a vat of vodka and throw it in the freezer. Hmm. And then. Um, well, I was just thinking because KFC just had this new uh, Cheeto chicken sandwich where they kind of dusted the they crusted or dusted. What's that the line? The fried chicken with Cheetos. They, they, they try. They worried so much about how they could do it without worrying if they should. <laughs> if they should. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that uh, not Star Wars? That's oh. uh, Jurassic Park. Is that Jurassic? Yeah. Yes. But um, yeah. So I mean, I remember their double down. You remember the double down? I do. That thing was delicious. I do. That was a terrible idea. And it was so good. I Did you hear that Burger died. King is doing tacos now? I where was I think where was I? I saw an advertisement for that. It was offensive. I feel. What do you think? I mean, Jack and Box is Jack and Box is doing it. Yeah, they're all just doing it, and I just kind of feel like it's kind of a no-brainer. It's like, like the manager of one of the locations, like somebody up there is like, "How many burgers are we throwing away?" Like, there's burger meat that, like, at the end of the day, they cook these things off and they don't sell them. So, what if we just grind them all up and season them up and repurpose them? We're gonna start selling tacos out of yesterday's meat. (laughs) It's recycled food. I don't think they're investing new product, or maybe they're just taking if they if they split it off so like we just don't you know we cook 50 burgers but 25 of them we turn into tacos if we are regularly throwing away 25 hamburger patties we'll just at the beginning of the day if they're not if they're not recycling it then i think that they're just trying to hedge hedge their losses a little bit mm-hmm. and creating a taco i guess isn't the worst way to do it but i'm i would be remiss to taste that taco because if you're the burger king if you're the king of burgers then what, what are, are you doing you in tacos, tacos? yeah, yeah. Are you, why would you even mess with tacos yeah i don't know it's just the whole thing is what just, do you call it queen of tacos what the queen you, of tacos are, yeah, the, are the king of king of burgers? burger king the, are you this a joke are you the joker of tacos you could be <laughs> the court I mean, jester of tacos is jack in the box kind of the jo- the jester the joke I guess they've be been the, doing tacos for years right decades. But, they, but they're the joker of burgers right yeah, well, they don't care. They their whole thing is we'll do everything. We'll right. do egg rolls and tacos right. and cheesecake. I forgot about that. And whatever else and all these other things. Like, are people really eating all yes, that stuff? Yes, they are. They are. I've seen it. Yeah, I mean, I mean is Taco Bell going to come out with a burger now? Why shouldn't they? I mean, it's a, they do tortas, sandwiches, right? If you go to like, do they? The, well, no, no, I don't know. The Taco Bell does, Taco but I'm saying do, you yes. can get like a you can get like a Mexican sandwich or a torta, right? But not a Taco Bell. No, not yet. No, not yet. 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that whole thing. I also um, I wanted to get your your opinion on or your thoughts that DoorDash. Love they it. just well they they just came out with this. Um, what are they doing now? I haven't looked at the app in like two days. What did I miss? What's I don't on? know if we, what you missed on DoorDash. Right this now. is like, a I news. Love DoorDash. I know, I know. Well, they were saying about twenty eight percent of all DoorDash employees, or they were saying food delivery, including GrubHub and mm-hmm. Postmates and all these, that twenty eight percent of the people who were delivering the food were eating out of the boxes before they were delivering it. I was actually genuinely surprised when I ordered uh, my Jack in the Box. Um, a few days ago, there were tons of fries, like in the bottom. Like they, I was like, he didn't eat any of those fries. Like I was, I was surprised that he hadn't, because I would have. No, future. I probably would. I wouldn't because I'm just that way. But I was surprised genuinely that my food had not been bothered, and it was still hot. And you can tell like how much time they have with the like if it's, it's you see them on the app, it shows you them mm-hmm. picking it up. And so if they deviate or they're not driving right there, or if some of the fries are missing, yeah, you should definitely count your French fries for sure. But I don't feel like like the straws are still in their package. You know, like they're not taking a sip of my soda. I it was just it was an article that was a that came out in of them like, are, how are they measuring that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't it's know. Still sixty. I think it's like eighty six percent of statistics are made up. <laughs> Is that um, what I, the last time I checked? Yeah, I think that's what the that's what the the number. I was. just think it's great that it's two thousand nineteen because you just said I was waiting for my Jack in the Box to be yeah, delivered. dude. Well, because I don't, you know, I don't have a car. I don't drive. I mean, I can drive. I have a valid driver's license. Yeah. I just simply do not. But so, like, I don't ever eat fast food unless I'm borrowing somebody's car, or running errands, or I'm with somebody who has a car and we drive through. I won't go inside any of these places ever. I did that one time years ago, and it was close to one of the worst experiences of my life. And I will not, I will not be found inside. I thought when you, I saw KFC on your notes over there. I thought that's what you're going to ask me about this. About going inside KFC? Oh, did God. I take you? I didn't take you in there. No, it was years ago. It was back when I was, I was drawing buildings, and it was like right there was like that KFC on Capitol Hill right there. It was like right by my office. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm kind of, I'm kind of craving some fried chicken. And so I walked down there, and I went inside, and the. The troglodyte, or what do you call these people? Like the, all the people in there were like some weird version of human. It was like a subspecies of people. And I'm not talking about just the people working there, but the people standing in line. And they're all like fighting with each other. I don't even think, I don't, couldn't figure out if they knew each other. But like, like they were standing in line like they didn't know each other. And they're kind of arguing with the people that they did know. And then like the argument kind of spilled over onto the next people. And then it was like this weird like, I don't know. I just stood in there for like, a minute and 30 seconds before I turned around I was like I can't I can't I can't be in here and I yeah. just got the fuck away from them it was it, uh, I remember I hope they didn't let them out <laughs> I remember going into a Wendy's it's the last time I really remember going inside of a fast food mm-hmm. place there may have been another time after but mm-hmm. it was with Danny and it was the one up in Ballard and we went into the Wendy's. We were stuck. We weren't dry. We didn't. Nobody had a car at that point. Is there a Wendy's up there? There was. I mean, oh, I don't on, know if there still is. It's right, right on fifteenth. Okay. And so we walked in because we're like, we're hungry. We'll get some lunch. And it was that same kind of thing where the vibe was really. It was uneasy, and it just felt mm-hmm. uneasy in there. It's sick. Like it feels un- unwell. Well, I mean, like I, mentally. I mean, like it's just like there's something. Yes. Unhealthy um, about the air. Like it's very unsettling. It's, and this woman. Nice. Who had a cane and like one of her legs was in a cast and she was over by you know how Wendy's has like the pumps of, of ketchup she's one of them <laughs> and so she was screaming like she had like 
she had grabbed the 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 neck of the ketchup pump and she was shaking it like a like a just like yelling it from the ketchup pump which is I don't know, 20 or 30 feet away from the mm-hmm. counter. And she was like, you're out of ketchup. Hug it. And she's screaming about the ketchup and she's yanking and pulling on the thing. And she's so angry. And God she's got forbid. like one hand like on a crutch. And it was just, and we, we got our food and we sat there and we ate there. And I was like, I'm never going inside one of these places ever again. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good, good decision. And I think that, that was, you know, in my mid to late twenties maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's it. This is, this is it. And so we need to go inside again. I've driven through plenty. Yeah. I'm not. I don't want to. I'm not passing judgment necessarily. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, maybe I am, but because sometimes I've seen you what know, like you just <laughs> don't have time. You're hungry, and you're like, I need something, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I have a car. I'm right here. You know what? If I could just, I don't have time to go into a restaurant right now, and I definitely don't have time to like run home and like cook myself something. I just, I'm gonna eat this trashy burger today, and that's right. what's gonna happen. So Sorry, this was <laughs> this was the the survey conducted by U.S. Foods, which supplies food to restaurants, gathered information from about 500 food delivery drivers and more than 1,500 customers in America who order through apps such as DoorDash, Postmates, Grubhub, and Uber Eats. Respondents range from 18 to 77 years old with a median age median age of 31. Drivers who reported working for at least one food delivery app had a median age of 30. Um, habits and pain points of the drivers surveyed 54% admitted to being tempted by the smell of customers food I mean I don't think there's a problem with that I would be tempted by why wouldn't they just eat I mean you're there why don't you just get yourself something I don't know I don't know when asked if they minded if their driver snagged a few fries the average customer response was an 8.4 out of 10 one represented no big deal and 10 signified absolutely unacceptable <laughs> I'd say eight sounds about right. Like I'd I'd be a little bit annoyed. I'd be like, hey man, like I tipped you because you tipped them too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm paying the app, I'm paying for the food, and I'm tipping you. You know, you don't mm-hmm. need to be. You know, get yourself some fries. It's fine. Like you have a car. <laughs> I don't even have a car. Mine. I have a car. You know what I mean? Like if you can afford to have a car and do this, then you know you're already you're already on the board. Like you're good. You mm-hmm. can afford to get yourself some goddamn French fries. Leave mine the fuck alone. But, but, like I said, I was surprised that they were all, they, they were actually, like, not only was the cup of fries heaping up there, but it, there were fries in the bag. Like, I was, you know, like, if I go and get us, if you're, like, doing something, you're like, hey, go to Jack, use my car, go get us Jack in the Box. The fries that fall in the bottom of the bag are forfeit to right. the person going to get your food. So if there's two boxes of fries, but everything else... Yeah, the things, the fries that fall out. Right. You know, like, I'm not going to go into your bag of fries, but the fries that fall out, I feel, are forfeit. But that being said, if a professional person is eating out of my bag, then then I'm annoyed, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm, I just paid you. Why did I tip you $5? You know what? Well, there was another uh, issue with the Uber Eats, I think, or, or maybe it was DoorDash, one of these companies where they were saying there was tip skimming going on. They were saying that... That these companies were doing like they do in some other parts of the country here, where taking they, a cut they, of the tip, they put they put the tips toward that wage that they pay them. So they would say like if they pay them fifteen bucks an hour plus you're tipping him five dollars, that five dollars goes toward that guy's fifteen an hour. Oh hell so no! So he ostensibly makes less. That's what. Yeah, no. Well, I, I gotta start asking my drivers like if I tipped you like what is that? Because I just tip them in cash. Yeah. After that. Well, I mean, I think we would all suggest that you tip in cash. 
Yeah, that's <laughs> wherever fair. you're at. But well, sometimes the reason I'm calling is because I don't have cash. You know what I mean? Like that too, right? You can just do it all on if the like app. If like accounting or the machine is broken at my work and I didn't get my tips, so like all my money's in my account, then it's like mm-hmm. I can't take a cab because they don't always take cards. So I have to. I could take a cab downtown <clears throat> and go get to a restaurant and use my card, but then I have to, I have to pay the cabbie somehow. So I want to ask you, and the last thing in this in this article, in, in this this paragraph here, because you are somebody who has learned to cook, you are somebody who appreciates the ability to cook, having a home-cooked meal, you understand the difference between having a cheeseburger from Jack in the Box delivered to your house and cooking for yourself. I mean, we you invited me over that one night when you made the Coquille St. Jock, and it was delicious, mm-hmm. right? But it says here, um, and this is from the U.S. Foods um, We think it's possible that by 2030, most meals currently cooked at home will instead be ordered online and delivered from restaurants or central kitchens. What do you think about that? I think unless they figure out the French fry conundrum, it's not going to happen. People are going to be too angry. It's like, you know. You don't think people will just deal with it because that's, it's convenient? I think they're going to have to solve that problem. Be like like weighing the fries and be like if you're caught you'll be removed from DoorDash like if, if well, I yeah they say that too yeah if there if there's if you get if you get reported they will de- deactivate your account you'll yeah. no longer be able to work for them yeah um, well that's but a step I mean, in the right direction but I, I don't feel like those numbers could be that far off I mean because it's not just fast food you can get order like on DoorDash I can order from any there's like a um, that uh the Indian place we went to mm-hmm. is they in there? Indian Bistro or the, the Deli yeah, Deli, the, yeah. Um, the I can show you. There's like the list of restaurants is it's most of them. Down but in I mean, the plaza. But, but what I'm saying is, what about somebody who is, you know, half your age, mm-hmm. who's not learned to cook? Like this is all they know, right? Well, I mean, even if he does, like I, I do know how to cook and I still use it. It's just more convenient. Like I wake up and I was like, I, I don't have to be at work. I don't have to. I don't have to wake up until three before I my alarm goes off, and that's when I have to start getting ready for work. So if I wake up at noon, and I wake up hungry, it's like, well, how hungry am I? Hungry enough to get up and make myself French toast? I really want French toast. You know what I want? I could just like, have anything in the city. I could have anything in this town right now at the low, low cost of like five ninety nine. There's Taco Bell, Black Bear, Palms Grill, Starbucks, Sonoma but, Grill, but Della Santina. But do you Santina. think that's a good thing that there be young people who are growing up just not knowing how to cook? And I mean, don't you think, think it encourages? I think that's deplorable, but I think it's also, it's a skill. <laughs> it's like a, a lot of people don't know how to cut hair either. You know, like they're not going to, not everyone's going to go to trade school, you know? like No, but cooking is something that we all, we all have a stove. I don't have, and not everybody has a barber chair in their, in their house. That's true, but we all do have scissors. And it used to be before there was a barber on every corner, like your mom or your wife or somebody would cut your hair. Like you would, if you see the haircuts in like the 20s, like there weren't always, that barber shop wasn't always there. That was more like a 40s, 50s kind of. But don't you think that more like. than haircutting, cooking should be something that everybody should be able well, to do? Well, we've evolved as, as a society and eventually things go away. You know, like we don't cobble our own shoes either, John. You know, like we're not making our own wine. You know, we're not doing a lot of things that they, we're not washing our clothes the same way. You know, like a single man living alone, your own that machine is the only reason you're able to do that, my friend. I I get if it. If you had a, like a washboard basin kind of situation, you're gonna need a wife, or you know, like <laughs> that shit takes hours. You know, to scrub all those mm-hmm. clothes and hang them all up to dry. Like you and you, you time has your time has to be spent out there making money to keep the walls up around your house. You know, and you come home and you gotta 
you know, chase bears away from your backyard with a gun and, you know, go kill a deer so you have something to eat and feed your children. Like, your your day's packed. That's why people couple up and, like, split up the duties, you know? So you're all for the DoorDash and the Grubhub. I think and... it's going to make uh, being alone a lot easier. I think I think, I think think we're moving into a place as a, as a society, as a, as, a, as a culture, as a as a species. We're moving ourselves into a, into a very secluded... We're becoming more and more self sustaining i can now work from home have food brought to me clean my clothes in my own home like i can have like a tiny little washer dryer kind of situation you know i don't ever have to leave i don't ever have to see anyone i can get on my apps and see everyone i went to high school with i can visit my family we can facetime you know with this little box right here this tiny little 200 hundred dollar thing i can i'm connected to everybody and everything as much as i want to be mm-hmm. and um yeah, I think, yeah, in 50 years, I think people aren't going to know how to cook or vote or do anything. And the and the that's okay? The power, or that's... that's just the, the reality of the situation, okay or not. You can either be okay with the fact that you just lost your arm, you know, or you can just complain about the fact that you don't have an arm anymore, like, until everyone's tired of listening to you. You but, think they'll stop putting stoves in homes? Maybe. I mean, there's already like those pods in Seattle. I mean, as um, the pod apartments. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm, I think Where there's so. like super tiny. There's basically no real kitchen. There's no stove. There's like a microwave and a tiny little refrigerator, and it's a tiny little room. But it's you know it's like three hundred dollars a month, and they can they're t- so small they can cram eighteen hundred of them in there, and in a very small space, a lot of people can live. As long as they're not trying to cook or raise a family. You just have to be alone in your little apartment, your little pod. I don't know. It We're becoming sound, pod people. It doesn't sound good to me. Well, it also, yeah, that's a lot of negative. That sounds pretty negative, doesn't it? It sounds scary and lonely and everything else. But I mean, like, again, the lonely thing is like you have Facebook and all these apps to connect to people. So you don't feel lonely. It's, it's a false sense of camaraderie that we share. But also, again, I hate to bring it all back to time travel, not time travel, but space travel. Mm-hmm. The, these, this breed of people, this generation of people that don't require human contact, just a protein supplement. Take your protein pill and turn the engines on. You know, you can ground send, control the major tom. Yeah, we can all we can all sit. I mean, if we're if we're in a large chamber like this with six people in it. You're going to have to fill that spaceship with oxygen, right? And mm-hmm. it's going to have a lot of unused space. But now if my confined quarters are like smaller than that, if it's more like this, basically a small coffin, and I've basically been bred to be comfortable in there, and I've got my little I've got my little apps and things, I'm connected, and I know that there are six other people, but now all that, there's like, your oxygen tanks have to be a lot smaller, you know, and you can make your, your oxygen scrubbers and your rebreathers can take up a lot more space. And now we actually might be able to physically get Tau to Jupiter, you know, and get those six people out there, those scientists that need to be out there. will have the, not just the technology to get there, but the wherewithal and the physiology and the mental capacity to make it a trip like that by yourself, ostensibly. Because the requirement for human contact, people go crazy, you know, for doubt. They mm-hmm. go to prison, you know, like they have to let these psychopaths interact with other psychopaths otherwise they get more psychopathic i don't really understand the logic there i would want to if i was sent to prison i would want to be in solitary confinement like the whole time i don't want to see anybody else in there but that's just me so your estimation of the future is that doordash is going to help create the ability for long-term space travel (laughs) 
that yes. this is you can extrapolate this is, that this from is, what I this said. This is the connection. I believe, I'm just, I believe so. Yes. There's I, to follow the thread. Yeah, we're gonna have to go back and listen to this to see. If I think it's I think it's a fascinating. I did not think about it. You know what? I I I was I was taking the narrow view, Walter. Yeah. I thought it was a bad thing. I thought all this can, that we were trading in skills for convenience, and I, you know, I, I like convenience as well. I'm no, I'm not, any, I'm not special. I'm mm-hmm. a human just like everybody else. But if this is going to, you know, generations down the road, who people who are used to having eat your protein pill and and your pod, and this is DoorDash will be DoorDash to the to, cosmos. Yeah. DoorDash to the cosmos. Is that going to be the name <laughs> of this one? I think so. <laughs> I think we got a title. It's John. Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to glutenisnotyourproblem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Oh, John.